Welcome back, George. Hey there. Long time no see. Yeah. Should we disclose to our audience that we're just recording some back-to-back episodes? Just like the Dune movies or Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, we're doing it exactly the same way. We are just as good as the Mission Impossible movies. Maybe That's even better. That's the big takeaway. Because I'm not breaking my ankle during filming of this thing. I don't know. I think maybe you should go to the extreme and break an ankle for us. <laughs> Where's your Tom Cruise level commitment to my podcast? Good point. Oof. I don't even think I have that level of commitment to my podcast. <laughs> Welcome to The Belief Shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful small business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, small business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. All right. So today we are going to do part two of this topic that started out as working on versus in the business, but is really about going from not just running your business, but also leading your business. That's how I like to phrase it. Yeah, I love that you know, the Google searches, working on versus in the business. That's the catchphrase that's out there. So (laughs) last episode, we talked about what it means and why you care as a small business owner. So this episode, we're going to just talk about the how. So just as a quick, so if you haven't listened to that last episode, please do go check it out. I don't know if it's really a prerequisite to today's conversation, especially if you really get what this topic is and you've seen this phrase a lot and you've heard it and you know it. But if you haven't heard that phrase, you don't really know what it means, or you maybe think you know what it means, but you're not sure, I would go back and listen. But maybe we can sort of catch people up. And George, can you remember from an hour ago (laughs) when we recorded that episode, what were your big takeaways from that part one discussion we had of the what and the why of this idea? One takeaway I get is it's common for us to be so kind of heads down in something that we fail to stand back and think about overall planning and strategy and how we make the overall business better. Some people do it the opposite. Some people spend more time strategizing and never doing so they don't really learn what's going right and wrong. And you have to do both. It's not just one or the other. You don't really do this versus that. You have to do both and. That's my big takeaway. Yes. And I think this is, you know, don't just think of owning your business or running your business. You're not just a business owner. You're not just running it, but you're leading it. You're leading this business. But leadership isn't just a thought experiment either. So I want to be careful when I say that term. Leadership is about taking action. So it's not just thinking about these things. It's actually doing things as well. So leading does require you to do the work. The name of the game, though, like you said, it is about finding balance. And Also keeping in mind that that balance of how much time you're spending leading your business, it's going to change over time as your business matures. So if you're thinking, well, how much time am I supposed to spend on that? There is no ideal answer. Only you can have that answer for you and your business on any one of these given activities that's required. And at any stage in your business, it's it's just going to depend both on what stage of business you're in and the type of business you have. I don't have any easy answer here for you. Okay. But the answers will come as you start to do the work with practice, you will find the right balance in your business. So let's talk about how you do it. So you can start practicing and get really good at striking this balance in your business. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to lay out here 
five steps. So five steps to start leading your business. So the first one that we're going to talk about, and when we do this, George, I'm going to have some questions in here. I want you to put on your founder of the Marching Magicians business, see if we can use that to kind of run through some examples here. So be thinking about that. Step one in this process is you need to know what the activities are that are involved in leading your business. So you need to have this list of what, like, what, what does it all mean? And we talked about the, what in the last episode, but your job is to list all of those out, but we're going to help you out with step one and just drop that list in our show notes. So if you don't know what that is, you can just go to the show notes and you'll see a nice long list. And it's things like, this isn't all of them. There will be more in the show notes, but it's things like developing your long-term strategic plan understanding the financial performance of your business. So being able to do analysis on financial performance of your business, Mm -hmm. uh, doing a marketing plan, evaluating and improving on customer experience, team development and leadership and business systems and processes. So these are some of the things, not all of them, again, full list in the show notes. So go check it out. But those are the things. So that's step one. You got to know like, what are the things? Now me just listing them, you still might be like, what is, what does a long-term strategic plan even look like? Totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. So your job is to actually start to do some of this work so you can learn what it is. You have to learn by doing with a lot of this. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what to do when you don't even really know what that thing means. Or you might not even know, like, what does it really mean to have a marketing plan? Because I know that it's not just posting to social media or whatever. So yeah, these are things for you to explore and start to learn about. Okay. So there's plenty of things here. I don't want you to try and do them all at once if you're not doing any of them. So the next question is, well, then where do you start? Because you can't do all yeah. of them at once. Yeah. So step two. Step two is to start with a purpose. And that purpose should be, what problem do I need to solve in my business right now? So George, you're a marching magician's business. It's getting some momentum. <laughs> you're putting all your energy into working in the business you're doing the bookkeeping and the sales calls. You're delivering yeah. the classes and you're serving <laughs> as the company's IT support. Yeah. What do you imagine your daily struggles are? Oh man, I'm well, first of all, I'm not even sure I have time to think about what my daily struggles are because I'm doing so much daily. Good. You're so overwhelmed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm joking, but not really. Not really. I'm not stepping back to breathe and think, okay, checkpoint. Where am I? How am I doing? What kind of problems do you think are showing up in your business because you're not doing that? Let me think about that. Well, I mean, two things come to mind immediately. If I'm just kind of going, I don't really have a growth plan. So maybe I'm going to grow organically, as people would say. I'm not really crazy about that phrase. But what I mean by that is, yeah, I mean, maybe a little word of mouth comes in, or maybe I spend a little bit of time going and looking for new clients and chasing them down, but I'm not systematic about it. I don't have a plan for growth. I'm just doing it. So I'm not going to, I'm for sure not going to grow the way I want. The other thing that comes to mind is because I'm doing everything, I don't have time to optimize anything. None of the aspects of this business are really improving as they could. And if I spent time doing on that, that probably means I could be spending less time on some of those and get more time for myself, but I'm not spending time optimizing. So I'm in a negative feedback loop. 
Yes. And that is the actual central problem is that you do just get stuck in this endless loop. I have a lots of business owners who describe this as like, I'm just stuck in the cycle and you don't know how to bust out because I'm just trapped in this way of working. Right. So some other examples and with some of my clients that have come up is they're just scrambling every time they get a new client. Like as soon as they get the client, they're like, oh, we got the client, but they don't have good processes or systems or anything for how they then deliver their services. And so it's always just this kind of chaotic scramble to do their best on the client side. It, it looks fine, but internally in the business it's just a nightmare, right? It's just yeah. chaos. Yeah. Another problem that I see is that businesses are, they'll say they're marketing like crazy, but nobody's biting. Like I'm out there all the time. I'm doing all the marketing, but nothing's happening. It's because they don't actually have a marketing strategy. And so they're not really marketing. They're just pushing a lot of noise out into the world. And that's not marketing. Interesting. Yeah. So that comes from I'm doing the work, but I didn't create a plan or a strategy around it. And then the other one that I think of is just this idea of not being on top of their finances. They don't have a good sense for cash flow in their business. So either bills get paid late or client payments that aren't getting followed up on that clients are late in making their payments and just not having a good handle on it. When I, you know, talk to them about this financial performance that they kind of are just looking at like, well, I guess I have X amount of money in my bank account, so it's okay, but they don't really have a plan around that. They don't have a plan around what happens when cash flow goes, you know, negative or, What's my plan when taxes come up? Those kinds of things. They're just not really managing that well. So that's another place where it's like, they didn't step back to really think that through, right? Yeah. And some of it is, you know, we can, sometimes we can have this mindset of just like, if I just work hard and bring in all the customers and all the clients, the money stuff will take care of itself. And that doesn't really work that way either. You have to actually put a plan together around how you're going to manage all this financial stuff. Yeah. So this is all of that, just getting back to why you need to do it. And so you can start by looking at any one of these problems, which, and pick the one that's just most prominent. Like, oh, this one is just killing me. This is really the problem that's happening in my business and use that as your starting point for then what work on the business, what leadership work do I need to do to help solve this problem? This requires you to get out of the quick fix mode, right? You're going to have to have the patience to be like, okay. I have to somehow stop being in the weeds as you described it, right? And just pull my head up long enough to work on this. But if you pick the right problem to solve, that can help make it easier to motivate yourself to do it, right? Like I'm going to solve this problem in this way. So that's why I say focus on making it purposeful by picking a problem that really is prominent in your business right now. Because what this is going to do is give you a long-term solution, not just a band-aided quick fix that's not really going to sustain. Okay. And that's what we're after. Cool. So that's step two. You've got the problem defined. Now, step three is you want to align that problem with the right leadership activity. So, George, starting with your problem, when you said, you know, you don't have time to optimize anything yeah. because you're in the weeds on everything. What do you think when we talk about this list of all these leadership things? Like, what's the area that you would think to focus on? When we talk about all the working on the business tasks, we yeah. talk about developing strategy, working on business systems and processes, team development, all yeah. those kinds of things. We've identified your problem in the business to solve as I'm in the weeds on everything. I don't have time to optimize, which is frankly what's keeping you in the weeds. So, all you have time to do is work on every little detail. Man, oh, man. If you think about that and you think, oh, how do I 
do one of these bigger mm. picture things that what would actually help me solve this problem? Does anyone yeah. stand out to you? I'm going to say, if I think about it, I'm in the weeds all the time with my team and we're just kind of doing stuff and I'm not optimizing anything. Maybe I don't have any guidebooks, like a run book or something mm. that describes here's how different tasks do. So maybe I stop, talk with the team and say, okay, look, we need to automate some of this stuff to save us time, or we need to be more systematized about how we go about stuff because right now every problem is coming to me. You guys are smart. It doesn't need to come to me, but I'm not giving you an opportunity to do anything on your own. So can we take a, a little bit of time and try to create initial guidebooks for the various aspects of the business? Not complete, just to start. And then that'll let me spread some of the workload to you and it'll help us maybe get a little bit more handle on things. I'm just trying that as a, as a thought. Absolutely. So what you just yes. described, I put into the topic of business systems and processes. That's what oh, we're talking yeah. about. Yep. I, That's exactly I, need, it. I, I need a guide. I need a set of instructions. I need a, a roadmap. When you talk about building business systems and processes, it is just how should this work actually get done? Yeah. And how do I systematize it? create some consistent way of it happening that everybody knows so that it's always happening. Can I make a comment about my own comment, your comment about my comment? <laughs> sure. <laughs> wow. This is bringing to mind a problem I have in at my current company right now, 20,000 person company. And we're spending time doing what some people think is a really stupid exercise. There's several groups that I'm part of that all converge on the same partner but we do different things. The individuals on our teams know how to work with each other to you know, get good coverage, but nobody's ever put it down on paper. And so there's all this confusion about, well, when do I call that team versus this team or this is that team? And the teams sort of know you could call any of them and they'll sort of work it out, but it's not very efficient. My point here is there's huge, you may not think so, but there's huge value in just writing it down, just putting on paper what you do. Even if you think, no, 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 everybody kind of knows. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know, there's something magical about just putting it down. Yes. You want to speak to that? Yeah, I do think that this is something that businesses just really struggle to take the time to do and don't find it to be that valuable. Partly because I think they miss the idea that I think the putting it on paper makes it feel permanent. Like, huh. but, but then what, what if I need okay. to change it? Well, then change it. It's your eraser. <laughs> yeah, this is called improvement. <laughs> <laughs> which is what you should do. Can you say that more slowly? I'm sorry. You, you're triggering me now with something that is so That's frustrating awesome. for me, which is the idea that you can't improve something that you haven't set a standard for. Ah, you say that again. That's awesome. I've never heard that. You, well, you can't improve something you have not set a standard for. If I haven't said, I yeah. expect when X happens that Y will be the outcome. Mm-hmm. If I haven't said that that's what I expect to happen, that's the standard I'm going for. Like I do that by then writing down, here's what should happen. X is what I expect you to do so that Y will be the outcome of this. And then I can test like, is that actually happening? And if it's not happening, then I go do improvement. If I haven't written any of that down, how do I even know what to improve? Because I haven't even yeah. said what's happening, right? Yeah. So yeah, it really runs up against this idea of being able to make improvements starts with, yeah. we always talk about the idea of, I need to write down just 
what are the standards here? Or, or another way to think of it is, what are the agreements we have made about how this work gets done? Yeah. And sometimes that's easier for people. It's like, we all have an agreement that this is how we expect to do the work. And then if the outcome doesn't turn out to be what you expect, but I followed that standard or that agreement, then I know what to go improve on, right? Oh, I got to fix the process. It's also a way to be more focused on improving the process and not attacking the people doing the process from making mm. a mistake. The process yeah. fails the people, not the people failing the process. Absolutely. Yeah. I am with you on the frustration of that because I just think because we don't see through the full value of writing that down and what it can then do for you, we just don't do it. Yeah. We just see it as this very myopic, like, well, I'm just going to write it down and then what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your idea is spot on and that's really focused on, I got to get some business processes written down. I need to make some agreements with how the work should get done agreements for how people are going to solve problems without me, or maybe it's with me, but less I intervene here or here and how all of that would happen. So you're less in the weeds and more tapped into when the team needs you. This is interesting to me. You talk a lot about systems and processes, and sometimes I put myself in the the place of the audience and think, yeah, but if I'm not good at doing that, how am I going to get there? And like, this is right now, it's a very simple way of starting that. Just write down what you do. Try that. Yeah. That's a great first step. It's a micro move. If you didn't think systemically, this will help you because you'll see it in front of you. You'll start to see patterns and stuff, right? Yes. Yes. It's another good reason to write things down is sometimes you just realize either, oh, there's things in here I'm doing. I don't even know if I need to do them. Why do I steal yeah. these steps? It's a way yeah, for you to analyze how you're doing the work. Because we all get trapped in the, I'm just doing the way I've always done it. This is another yeah. thing that shows up in business a lot, right? Which is the response to like, why do we do it that way? I don't know. It's the way we've always done it. Oh, that's the worst answer ever. That means it's, it's a horrible worst. way to do it, by the way. Whatever it is, it's definitely the worst way to do it because it has never been improved on, right? Yeah. So yeah, don't fall into that trap. Even as a small business owner, just start writing down what you do. Okay. What am I missing? What else? So there's some other examples here for how to think about aligning what the problem is to the solution. So this one really fell in that category of things are just chaotic or inconsistent. And so you want to focus on systems and processes. Some other examples would be if the problem shows up as you're struggling to make decisions, there's just too many different directions you could go in your business. And every time you have to make a decision, it's just really painful. And you're just never sure that you're making the right one, like painfully. So, I mean, we're always a little unsure, but you really have a hard time and you don't have any good decision-making algorithms or processes or filters for yourself then you want to focus on strategy. That means you don't have a good strategic plan. You haven't set a direction for your business and that's what strategic planning will do for you. So that's how I would map that problem to what to do on the leadership side. Mm. Okay. Another problem matched to a solution example would be that you need more clients or you need it to be easier to get more clients. Maybe you're getting them, but you can't sustain the way that you're doing it. Then you need to focus on your marketing plan and the systems that support that. My last example would be if you are just frustrated with the performance of your team, <laughs> then you focus on team development and your leadership skills. Right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we focus on the person, like I just need to replace the person, but oftentimes it's, I need to focus on myself and how I'm developing them and how I'm approaching them from a leadership perspective. So those are some ways that you can think about, you know, what is that core problem? And then what's one of these bigger things that I can do that would really tackle this more permanently, foundationally fix the problem 
not just band-aid it or quick fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was step three. This might be the hardest step for people, especially if you're like, I don't even know what strategic planning does for me, or I'm not really sure what a good marketing strategy and plan actually looks like. Absolutely. So if you don't know, that's why you want to lean into this stuff is the only way for you to learn it is to start doing it. And you can Mm. start researching and figuring this out. So don't shy away from it just because you're unsure, especially if you're like, I don't even know what good leadership looks like. How do I be a better leader for my team? Just start asking these questions. That's the place to start is to just know that's what I got to start working on. I got to start figuring that out. Step four in this is you have to do this consistently. So every week you need to make time to do it. So George, when are you going to do it? And how are you going to keep yourself committed to it? Well, for me, you and I have talked a little bit about how we manage our time. So I'll tell the audience a little bit about me. I'm going to pick three times here. Sunday nights is when I personally plan my upcoming week. I take 45 minutes, no more than that, really. Just kind of talk about what are the big rocks that I want to move? What are the things I want to focus on? So that's me personally getting ready for what I want to do and how I want to work on stuff with the team. And then I think personally, I know my favorite days of the week to do this kind of activity are usually Mondays and Fridays. I'm just kind of talking this out. Friday always seems like a reflect. No, I'll say it and then I'm going to take it back. I was going to say Fridays are kind of on a look back, reflect and review. Mondays are kind of a look forward thing, but that's not actually true for me. Mondays, I'll often start with a little bit. Okay, so what was last week like? So we'll start with reflect. I'm wrong about my own thinking. (laughs) But I would say pick a time, you know, Monday when people aren't traveling or people are ready to start a new week and not too early in the morning, give people a time, a little chance to warm up and then get together, review, talk a little bit about the plan for the week. I think Mondays are a nice time to do it. Not midweek. Midweek is tends to be, you can, but you're in it. Give yourself a chance to stand up and get outside of it. So either a slow start Monday or a wind down Friday is what I'm going to go with. How about for you though? How do you do it? Yeah, it depends on what it is. So all these okay. different things, they will happen at different times. But on a recurring weekly basis, the things yeah. that I want to do weekly, I'm a Monday morning person. So I was having the same. Yeah, I like the idea that I might reflect on the week on a Friday, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. And so I actually, I've been developing a planner to use with my clients for taking their business strategic plan and turning it into daily activities. And so I'm sort of testing one out right now. And this was one of my big revelations was, oh, the end of week reflection work has got to be like Monday. So it's the start of the planning process on Monday, just like you described. Interesting. I just, I find that same. works better for me too. Yeah. Yeah, Because by Friday, you're just ready to move on. I think some people can do it well. I don't really do it very well. So I like Mondays as my day. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're the same. I used to do Sundays when I had a day job because I had meetings right off the gate. But now that I have control over my calendar, (laughs) I do it on Monday mornings. So my Sundays, I don't, I no longer have the Sunday scaries or as they used to say. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, it's Sunday. No. (laughs) Yeah. The weekend's coming to a close. Yeah. All right. So you've got your time to do it. So choosing a recurring date and time. I don't care when you guys do it. George has picked Monday. I like Mondays. Having these bookends of the week is a great way to think about it. Doing it on Sundays. Also, some people like to prep for their week and do it on Sunday night. I think that's great too. Like whatever works for you. If middle of the mm-hmm. week works for you, do that, right? Mm-hmm. Just remember, it's not a one-time task. That's why I say weekly. You need to make time for whatever you're going to do in this space 
weekly. I do some of this on a weekly basis. I do some of it on a monthly basis. I do other tasks on a quarterly basis. So I have different uh, levels of frequency for different types of leadership tasks. So it depends on what it is, but you definitely want at least every week you're doing something in this space. Yeah. So make it a conscious choice that that time in the week, you're going to change modes from running the business to leading the business. And then somehow build some accountability in there for yourself with your team, cool. with someone else, something, right? A coach, something. whatever, however you could do that. Because if it's new to you, just it might be a little bit difficult to get into it and to hold yourself to, I actually did leadership work. Because especially I feel like I don't, I'm still not comfortable with doing this kind of work. It might be hard to sit down and actually do it because you're just kind of staring at your desk. Like, what, what am I supposed to do now? Right? Yeah. So just, but starting to be consistent about it is really important. All right. So step five, make it easier to spend time doing huh. leadership work. Okay. How would you do that, George? How would you make it easier? Oh, I go back to guidebooks. For me, guidebooks are a way to explicitly share the load and it helps me set up systems for automating what can be automated. It helps me identify where I can and can't easily automate. I don't expect to automate everything. I don't want to be completely out of a job yet, <laughs> but there's, so creating these, these guidebooks helps me automate. Yeah. You know, actually another thing, creating incentive systems for the team is a good way of getting, I'm, I'm thinking about Avi here. I'm thinking about my son and, and getting his behavior. When we give him incentives, you don't get screen time until you do these things, or here's the rules for how you earn or get less screen time. Once I give him those incentives, he can do the stuff he needs to do on his own. And it's the same thing with the team. If you give them proper incentives, they are literally motivated <laughs> to do stuff on their own. So not just the guidebook, but some sort of incentive system would make it easier for me to lead because I'm making it clear, I guess, what you got to do and what gets rewarded. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's a great way. I love both of those things. I really like this guidebook idea because it is this, you want to automate where you can, but not everything to your point. Because also sometimes you're automating and then you're putting more work into just maintaining the automation than you should be. So there's a fine line, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So automate where you can, create the systems <laughs> and the processes that are easily repeatable, right? Or in your example, also something that's going to really sustain itself because you've created the right incentives with people. Yeah. And just get rid of the wasteful work. So some of it is just looking at oh. the work and just saying, what am I doing that's just not adding value in my business? Like, I should just stop doing it. I've had so many people when they stop and look at their business, they're like, you know, I keep doing that. I don't, I don't know why I still do that. I should just stop doing really? it. Yeah, yeah. And we just, because we're creatures of habit, right? And we get stuck into ways of doing things. So take a look at what really doesn't need to happen anymore or probably never needed to happen. And I just kind of got stuck doing it. So you can get rid of some wasteful work. And then of course, the ultimate one is that you hire and delegate work that isn't in your area of expertise, right? Yeah. And this is the little stuff, like hire a virtual assistant, just to do a couple hours of work a week. It doesn't have to be a huge investment out of the gate. You can get yeah. a couple hours a week off of your plate, gives you a couple hours to spend on leadership work, which is huge, by the way. That's a huge mm -hmm. amount of time to spend focused in that space on a weekly basis. So just start thinking small when you start to think about hiring and delegating the work. We really got to get to this episode on delegation because that's a yeah, big topic. It's coming up a right lot. in the wrong way to do it. I know. So we'll get to that. Okay. All right. So you got to make it easier to spend time on the leading. That's your step five. Okay. Now, 
there is a right and a wrong way to approach this. So I want to just spend a few minutes here talking about how to lead your business with a, a thoughtful strategy to doing this. Like, how do you approach this in a way that's going to be most effective and that you're not just going through the motions of it? Like, I'm not just mm. making a strategic plan and then saying I did it and setting it aside, which I see lots of people who, well, we wrote this process and did this thing, but we don't do it. Like it's useless. And because they're not following through on these things. And so there's a way yeah. to do this to help make sure that it's effective. And that again, you're not just checking boxes by saying, I wrote my marketing plan. I wrote like, this is the kind of the, the challenge of writing a business plan is you fill in all the boxes, but it doesn't actually help your business because okay. you didn't connect the dots, right? Yeah. So the number one thing is going to be what we just recently talked about, which is you got to approach it with a growth mindset. Yeah. Especially if it's all new to you got to give yourself some grace. Nobody knows how to do this stuff well in the beginning. Even some of my older and bigger clients, I mean, your business where you work, they still struggle with this stuff, right? Absolutely. Yes. So everybody's always struggling with it. And I will just say, I believe that the struggle is the point. That's hmm. actually where you get value in this process. Because if this was easy to do, if doing this foundational work, if doing the work of developing a strategic plan and doing the work of leadership, doing team development, if all that stuff was easy, everybody would be doing it. And then you wouldn't be differentiating yourself as a business by mm. doing it. So the fact that it's hard and it's a struggle is why it matters. That's cool. Yeah. Cause that's what keeps everybody from doing it. So you can stand out, you can elevate your business performance and your experience as a business owner can be better if you lean into this space. So think of it as an investment in your business and that yeah. you go into this growth mindset that you're just going to approach it as a way to growth mindset will also deliver growth in your business, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number one strategy. My number two is don't do it alone. You said this in a previous episode, Get input from your team, people. You are not leading this thing by yourself. So when you are creating a vision, sure, it's up to you, but involve your team in that conversation, right? Yeah. Or just talk to other business owners if you yes. don't have a team. Just involve somebody. But this idea that you leading is going to be you doing it alone, it's not a position. It's a mindset. Leadership is a mindset. It is a way of working. It's not just because you're the boss, you get to be a leader. So don't confuse being the boss for leading. You might be sitting at the top of this business, but leading actually is a bottom-up activity. Yeah. So think of it as how do I involve others in this and give others opportunity to be leaders as well in my business? That's cool. Absolutely. Don't lead alone. Number no. three is get expert help. Hire experts. Again, back to the, I don't really know how to do a business strategy. Hire an expert like me who knows how to do that. And that's what I help businesses do, right? So hire experts so that you can learn faster. And these can be coaches, consultants, trainers. There's lots of different ways you can do this. But when you choose to be a business owner, again, I said this in the last episode, but I can't emphasize enough that you are not an expert at business. I mean, unless that is actually your expertise or you've huh. done this before, but for 99.9% .9 of us, we go out there and we're starting our small business. We're not experts at this. We're yeah. experts is a thing we do in our business. So you trying to understand how to do strategy and business process and marketing and all the, these are all things that we have to learn, but there are experts out there to help. And so hire the right experts in the right spaces. And there's no one expert that can help you with everything. 
right? Somebody's going to yeah, be excellent absolutely. at branding. Somebody's going to be great at technology. You're going to need a financial advisor. So get the right experts to help you. Don't be afraid to do that. That's what they're there for. You learning it on your own is a super slow path. And then number four, this is my last one. Don't overcorrect. So stepping away from the work, we talked about this before, when you step away from that work in your business too fast, it's going to have bad results because people aren't going to be ready to do the work the way that you need it to be done. You've got to make sure the systems, the people and the processes are all working properly before you really pull back from that work inside the business. So if you decide that all the sales in your business aren't going to be up to you, but are going to be up to somebody else, you've got to make sure they're prepared for that. You can't just give it to them and be like, good luck with that. (laughs) So you have to make a gradual transition out of that working in the business. So have some patience with that. People need time to learn their job or processes need time to even work effectively, right? Sometimes you write them and you're like, that process didn't work. I thought it looked good on paper, but it didn't work, right? So you're always going to have to do some level of working in the business, of running the business. We're not trying to remove that completely. We're not trying to say, just be a leader and don't do any of the actual work. Find a balance. Any closing thoughts on this, George? I like these steps. It makes it very tractable, actionable to me. It makes it clear about how to get started. I like this. This is great. I like tying these two things together, the previous episode and this really gave me a good framework for how to think about kind of getting up out of the weeds. Yeah, your marching magician's business is ready to go. <laughs> My closing thoughts are just don't worry if you're not sure what you're doing, because nobody does. We want to avoid getting uncomfortable in this space. And also we want to feel like, well, I started this business. I should probably know how to do all of this stuff. No, nobody does. I have yet to meet a business owner who knows how to do all of these things and didn't require some help in order to do it. So just sit with that. Just be okay with that, that you're not going to know what you're doing and it's okay because nobody does. And we're still all okay. And then be patient with it. Be patient with the process. It's going to take time to learn it, but it's going to just pay off is going to be so big. So while it's not a quick fix, it is an accelerator. This is the foundation building. It's the investment in your business that is going to pay off. And that can be difficult because we're, you know, humans don't do a good job thinking about long-term planning right? Mm-hmm. All Think about all the things that we don't do well from long-term planning, from financial to health to, I mean, it applies in business too. So just know that that's not our natural tendency, but you know that this long-term foundational thinking is what's going to help your business long-term. So just approach it from that perspective. Awesome. That's all right. Great. That's all I got. So that's get great. out there and do people. Go do it. Go Spend lead, go do and go lead. If you have questions about this, please leave us a voicemail at uh, thebeliefshift.com. You'll see a little voicemail widget where you can leave us a question or a comment or whatever you want. And we would love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so that more people can hear about us and get some more how-tos on running a good business. What did you say last time? Not just improving your business, but improving your life? Yes. Better business, better life? My sister is going to make, not just make your business better, she's going to make your life better. Makes me think of that phrase, happy wife, happy life. (laughs) This is happy business, happy life. It is. (laughs) That's what we want. All right. Thanks, George. Thanks, Camille. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. See ya. 